the Deep Rooted Podcast. Uh, we're Jeff and Rochelle Ferguson. Excited to be with you. Hey, uh, before we even jump into today's topic, if you are watching on whatever mode, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcast, I don't even know. You do all that. So there's a lot yeah. of them. Uh, <laughs> If you are, hey, can you subscribe? Uh, maybe if you're like, hey, I didn't even know you were on YouTube, go over and head over yes. and subscribe there. Um, but hey, we're going to jump into something that I think is really mm -hmm. exciting to talk about. Um, our podcast today is entitled The Second Reformation. And um, a couple of weeks ago, we had the opportunity to preach together. Um, that was fun, but I love preaching with you. Yeah, I, love I, I think most people are like, how does that work out? <laughs> It's good, uh, yeah, it's, it's you know the process. You you got to work. You got to mm -hmm. work the whole process. Uh, but I think we work well together as a yes. team. Yes. Um, but hey, you can check it out and let us know. But um, and we've we preach together not all the time, but uh, sometimes. And so together we uh, delivered a message. Um, we titled it "The Second Reformation." And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of those principles today. If you're like, oh, I already heard the message. I don't need to listen. It's going to be different. Um, but uh, I, we believe it's a word for today, for the church today. And you maybe say, what, what, what's about the Reformation word? What about a second Reformation? Well, we have to understand a little bit of the history. 1517, Martin Luther uh, was an individual who realized that what was going on around him was not right. For example, there were priests selling religious trinkets for the forgiveness of sins. There were the religious elite who were saying you could only, you know, you can't have a Bible. We have the Bible. And, and we'll tell you what and, it means. And we'll tell you what it means. <laughs> they were praying to the saints. And Martin Luther was looking on this going, wait a minute, the priests are profiting um, in saying that people's sins can be forgiven and people don't have God's word. What? This is not right. And so Martin Luther had the audacity to believe that every believer should have a Bible in a language they could understand. He had the audacity to believe that um, people are saved not by what they do, not by buying religious trinkets, but by faith in Jesus Christ alone through grace. Yeah. And so uh, because of that, he took... He wrote 95 things down on a piece of paper, went to the castle door in Wittenberg, nailed them to the door known as his 95 Theses, and from that day forward, completely changed, obviously, the church, uh, which is why you and I are here today. Um, and With access to a Bible. With access with, to you a know, Bible. Um, a whole lot, you know, important. <laughs> it was just an important event in, in the history of the church, and we need to recognize that we would not have the kind of access, the yes. local churches like we do, um, had it not been for Martin Luther. I believe we are in a moment in history, the churches, that's just as vital today. And we need a second reformation. There needs to be a change. And I'm not talking about culture. Culture is going to do what culture does. We all know how evil culture is. It's evil. It's bad. It, you know, we all know that. But the evil that's inside the church needs to be exposed. The hypocrisy that's inside the church needs to be exposed. And I believe you're watching this podcast because you care about uh, the church. You care about your family. And guess what? If we're going to be effective and impact culture today, we need to say, God, can you change us? Can you change the church? And so we're going to talk about three things that I believe every follower of Christ needs to proclaim, needs to value, needs to have as a non-negotiable 
if there's going to be a reformation uh, in our world that's going to impact the culture around us. Yeah, I, I think I, w- I want to talk about that for a minute before we even start talking about these lists. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to name 95. Um, <laughs> yeah, Maybe we could. I don't know. But um, we're going to really talk about three. I mean, it kind of comes from a list of five, but we kind yeah. of condensed it Condensed it because just a three is just more holy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, but um, I think that when we start talking about this, I think most people who are listening, most people who would be in our churches on a weekend, um, they'd say, yeah, right on. Agree with this. This is not about mental agreement. Mm-hmm. This is not about, oh, yeah, this is what I really think it is. I think this will change lives. This is about radically reorienting our own lives. Yes. And we need to stop railing on the culture. Yes. Thinking that's what's going to bring about change. Um, Hey, I'm all for like standing up for truth. I'm all for being yep. vocal about truth. Um, hey, I'm even in for a good boycott here or there. <laughs> um, but what really is going to change I I believe families, Mm -hmm. churches, cities, is when the church starts actually being the church. And that's what this is about. This is about calling the church back to core values that we say we believe, but uh, um, if it was really the truth, the trajectory of lives would be different. If if churches were filled with believers, be radically different. Here's what I mean. (laughs) Believers who actually follow Christ. Yeah. Um... We need to, like you said, not just mentally assent to these things, but actually live these things, center our entire life around who Jesus is and what he's called us to do. I, I just was afraid that if we started listing these and we don't say that, it's like, no, yeah, good. check. Oh, Amen. But I think it's about really, is this really the, the case? So I'm going to go and jump into number one. Yep. And... With that, let's let's unpack it. But number one, that God's word becomes yeah. the centerpiece, the centerpiece of our lives. And I'm not talking about our church life. I'm not talking about our churches even. Although I do hope that God's word is yeah. the centerpiece of churches. Yes. And it's very obvious to see that that is not happening. Um, when sin is not preached on, when the, you can go a whole sermon without hearing scripture, uh, I would be running. That I'd is, be running from a church yeah. if you can go and sit through a whole sermon and not hear scripture. That, that is upon. not a message, a biblical message, if you can talk for however long, doesn't really matter how long, and there's no scripture. There's there's nothing about God's word. That we is don't a need talk. moralism. We don't need Absolutely. a TED talk. We need yeah. a sermon. And a yes. sermon takes scripture and... and it, okay, I guess I'm getting off go here for, for it, a moment, bro. but it gets it, it goes and it... it, yeah. it it, it, the pastor, if the pastor is uh, delivering a word, I mean, they have studied the scripture, they've mm-hmm. studied the history, they've they've made the connection, and yes, it's it's going to be applicable to your life because the the word is living and active, it's breathing, it 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 cuts through. Um, yeah. But we don't need just these five things to do to make your life better. We need to know the word, and the word is what does the transformation. So not only in a church, but in our lives. Yeah. How does God's word become the centerpiece of our lives? If God's word is, that's what we're calling for. Yep. That believers in Jesus Christ, those who claim Christ, those who say, you are my Lord and Savior, Jesus, then the God's word needs to be the centerpiece of the life, and that will impact every area. And that means that God's word, if it's the centerpiece, it's the filter by which you 
live life. It's mm-hmm. the filter by which you make every decision. Well, what does God's word say about this? What are some God's God's word says something about every aspect of our life? How you are to marry, how you are to do relationships, how you are to do spend uh, your money, spend your money. I mean, it says what school to send your kids to, uh, how to how to raise your kid. Um, oh my goodness, parenting is all over the Bible. So, so we have to go back. What's God's word say about this, and then live our life according to that. And if we do that, here's the thing. Here's the incredible thing. It's going to happen. Um, our lives are going to, our lives, there, there's going to be parts of our life that we're going to say, well, I need to change that. Yeah. I thought you were going to say something like everything's going to line up. And I thought, oh, I might have to be like, <laughs> no, mm. publicly disagree. Sorry, I, no. but you didn't do that. So I was like, is he going to say that? Because I no. thought, no, I think when we do this, it creates friction. It does. It, it's going to create some friction in decisions yes um you know we make a lot of decisions to together i mean not not what we're gonna eat for dinner every night i mean you just kind of entrust that to I'll me i'm the cook it. you know that's just what it's happens way better than what i would do <laughs> you know me. there's different things that we we obviously just delegate responsibilities in different areas but you and i are making decisions quite often about the trajectory of our family or uh the church and things like this and I mean, that is the basis of how we make decisions. What does God's word say? And I don't, we don't even say it to each other because it's just the basic. Right. Pow, wait, we're not going to, I mean, we're not going to violate God's word. We're going to seek God's word for wisdom. I don't know. It just has to be the centerpiece. I'm glad you brought that up because we, it's not going to make life easier. Yeah. Because we, we tend to status quo, every one of us. We tend to comfort. And God's word calls us consistently out of comfort, of comfort, out of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I love my comfort zone, but God's word always grabs me out of there and it's calling me to live God's way. Yeah. And so if it's centered on God's word, um, people around you might say, I don't know about that. Because it caused it. When Jesus came to this world, it caused friction, even with the religious, especially. With the religious people. so Within we, his own family. Within his own family. And so when yeah. we begin to do things on God's word, just it's going to cut against our hearts. It's going to transform us. Yeah. It's going to be better. It's not going to be easy. Yeah. And so um, the first part of this reformation, this this is calling us back to God's word, which will involve knowing God's word, studying God's yeah. word. Uh, you know, I think about, you know, the agrarian society that, you know, Moses would have been writing in, you know, in the in the first five books of, of the Old Testament. And he gives us instruction even in how how to train up the next generation. Um, talk about God's word when you're going in, when you're going oh, out on the road. And if you're, you know, you think about as if you were all like if we were all farmers we'd spend a lot of time walking places and going through the the fields and we'd be talking about God's word and I would assert to you it takes more intentionality in and even in our yes our day and age and so it's using the car rides it's using um bedtime it's it's making the most of every opportunity to talk about what really matters and it's when it, it infiltrates just normal conversation it's not like so let's sit down for a lesson on it's, we're just talking in normal conversation. We're talking about But it God's won't be like us. that if that's not where God's word is in our heart. Yes. This is not about changing your habits. This right. is about like everything we're doing flowing. Yes. 
flowing. <laughs> and so yeah. God's word's got to be at the center. But the second one really goes along with it too, is that we've yeah. got to be, uh, we've got to emphasize and not yes. just emphasize, reemphasize, uh, live with Holy Spirit empowerment. Oh my. Um, we, as uh, we're calling the church, we're calling families, mm-hmm. pastors, calling people back to recognize that we can't do anything apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh my. And if you're basing your life on God's word and you're reading it, you're going to see the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament, not just in the book of Acts, but all the way through. And we will realize we can't live life apart from his empowerment because life drains us. It taxes us. Life presents us with things that we don't have the power to fight against. Uh, the, The narrative out there, we can we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to live with such an authority, mm-hmm. to live with such a confidence and a boldness. We need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to to raise kids, to do marriage, to realize we're not doing this on our own. We're doing this with the empowerment from the Holy Spirit. And it's not just an experience. The <laughs> baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're the evidence of speaking in other tongues. That's Yeah, that's awesome. But it's a continual prayer language. It's a continual way of life where we put on the Holy Spirit all the time. Yes, we ask for his presence. Yeah. Um, I'm continually, you know, throughout my day asking, Holy Spirit, help me. <laughs> help me. Yes. I'm, I know I'm going to this meeting or I know I'm going to have this encounter or, oh, I find myself right here, right now. SOS, help me. Oh my. Yeah. Um, you know, I find myself in a lot of conversations where I'm thinking, Lord, give me the right words to say. Yes. I can't do it on my own. I I don't even know the traps that I'm walking through. I don't mm. know the landmines that surround me. And uh, man, we can just blow up our life if we're not empowered by the Holy Spirit. We yeah. need his help to know. I mean, I think about this, you know, because I am knee deep. I, I don't know, shoulder deep, whatever. <laughs> um, I am in the thick of raising kids. I mean, that is where I find myself a lot of times and I'm thinking the questions that are asked, the the problems that come, the things that, that come around. I need the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. I will make a bad decision if I'm basing it off what other people are doing or yes. what culture tells me or what quote unquote mumbo jumbo gentle parenting book has talked about <laughs> this last week. You know, um, I need... I don't need that. I need the Holy Spirit to help me. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit, I mean, if you've heard him speak to you, if you've heard the Lord speak to you, and you know that there is, uh, there's comfort, there's a still small voice, there's rebuke. And so yeah. all of, I just need, I just need that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't yeah. make it. It's a non-negotiable. Yeah. We can't live without a relationship with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And it's not just for us. Yep. It's for all those that we are encountering, that Absolutely. we are hopefully influencing for the kingdom. And so yeah. uh, we're calling people back. We're calling people back. Uh, you know, ask ask for help. Ask mm-hmm. for the help from the Holy Spirit. Seek his guidance, his wisdom throughout the day. But I mean, be people of his presence. Yeah. Seek God's presence, I think, on a, on a daily basis. But even, I mean, I'm thinking even the corporate church, be people who are hungry for God to move. He, God is moving yeah. today. And so when we are empowered with the Holy Spirit, not just inside church, but outside church, you're going to be shocked at what happens. Yeah. And I think... When he speaks to you, what he does through you. Uh, the third thing with calling forth for a second reformation is we're calling for believers yeah. to live lives of holiness and oh, integrity. My. And, um, you know, we started out talking about the hypocrisy in the church. And I think you could boil it down 
to the fact that God's word has has been displaced as the mm-hmm. center. We've rejected because of I don't I have no idea why. I mean, there's a, that's a whole other podcast, but rejected yeah. the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And third, we've decided that integrity and holiness don't matter anymore. And that's that, why yeah, we see all the hypocrisy. Holiness is not when I say biblical holiness, it's not oppressive. Or legalism. It's not legalism. Holiness is how we pursue Christ. It's it's just prizing him. It's saying, you know what? Who I am inside is the same as what I espouse to be. That's that's really what what, what mm-hmm. it live. I'm gonna live according to God's standard, not my shifting standard or how I feel one day to the next. I am going to live what God's word says, how God's word says it, and I'm gonna pursue a life where there's no division in me. God's word says it created me a clean heart and uh, you know um, a, a right David says in Psalm 51 a right spirit within me that's what holiness is all about it's all about pursuing a higher life than what the world is is calling us down to yeah I mean I just think it is time to bring holiness and yes. integrity back to the forefront not to I don't know, chastise people or to put yeah. bondage on people, but it's really for freedom for people. Oh my goodness. It's freedom yes. for others. Um, I just, I feel that the church has, has just compromised in this in such a way that there's no difference between the world and the church. Hmm. I mean, at all. I mean, in fact, I think wow. sometimes the, the church can be worse yeah. and uh, that just shouldn't be the case. I mean, we, we are, we're not, you know, saved like by our good works, but right. we are saved for good works. Yeah. We are saved. I mean, wow. I think about Ephesians and, you know, hey, you're, I've set you apart. I, I've called you to, I have things I've created in you and I've created you to do good works. Like I've set these things up in motion. And, and I think when people think of holiness, they think, oh man, it's just kind of burdensome. But holiness is the life we get to live up to. It's the life that God calls us up to. We're not down here um, living below God's standard. We, we get to live up to it. And um, when people uh, look at uh, a church or a group, a family or a person who pursues holiness, they're, gonna, they're looking for chinks in the armor. And when they don't find chinks in the armor, when they realize these people are really genuine, they just pursue holiness. They, they really, what they say is really how they live life. They're going to not only respect you, but guess what? They're going to be drawn to him. Yeah, I mean, and this isn't about drawing to ourselves. It's no, about drawing to Christ. Not. And yes. so um, my question is, has, has has Christ made a difference in your life? Yeah. I mean, show it. Good. You know, yes. like I, I love James. Well, good. Prove it by, by how yes. you live. Good. Prove it. You know, our lives are, like Paul said, living letters. You mm. know, our, it's like a letter. It's showing people who Christ is. And if if we don't look any different than the world, then... Why does anybody need to be saved? What, yeah. what, what's the issue? And so um, I'm just calling us back to the yes. to the notion. I'm not talking about perfection. Some of you are just Absolutely like, ah, not. this lady's talking about perfection. No, what I'm talking about is that our lives are examples mm-hmm. of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And when we allow him to, to come in, if we allow the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. full access to our lives, we can't help but change. Yep. Because yes. he's doing the work. We're sanctified. We're, oh, that's a word we don't like to talk about. Being (laughs) sanctified, becoming more and more like Christ. Hopefully growing from glory to glory. Hopefully we're not the same. If I'm the same as I was yesterday or even, you know, 
I am not growing. He's always making me into a new person. Yeah, I mean, I think about it even like the things that maybe we used to fight about. We don't fight about now. Thank the Lord. I mean, now every now and again, you still have to bring stuff up. Absolutely. (laughs) I have to be unsanctified. (laughs) Just teasing. I I mean, it's a joke. I love you the same every day. I do. I I was asked that question. Um, You know, I do. Um, That's for another podcast. But, uh, you know, I totally got off. I don't know. I'm just saying. I think we just need to to come back yeah. to the centerpieces. Yes. The Reformation was coming back to you. when Martin Luther nailed those 95 theses. It it was because people had gotten off yeah. track, and we're waving a flag, a banner, yeah, whatever, and we're saying, "Hey, y'all, we've gotten off track, and here's the way back. Yeah, here's the way back. The, for the church to be effective." In the world that we are in, we don't need to placate to the world. We don't need to surrender to the world. We simply need to put God's word as the center. We need to pursue Holy Spirit empowerment. We need to live lives of holiness, integrity, and character. Whatever word you want to put yeah. in there, it means the same thing. There, that's what we need to do. We need to call the world up, and we need. That's how we're going to have an impact in our world. And that's how we're going to win our kids. Absolutely. Can I tell you? That's how we're going to win our kids. We are going to win the next generation when we return to God's word and we are Holy Spirit empowered and where we're living lives above reproach. We're not here to we're win an argument. We're here to win people souls. Christ. With souls. Absolutely And, and uh, yep. I think it's important. So, um, hey, what are some of your thoughts? Maybe you have yeah. some other Reformation items that you would oh, yell. Yeah. Throw them in the comments. Yes, absolutely. Send us an email. Um, however, but, you know, I, I'm so glad you were listening. Stay tuned for next time. We'll come at you with another fun topic. Absolutely. We'll see you next time.